Universe, what up? Say crack. After Hours Podcast, Episode 3. Big ups to everybody who came through and supported Episode 1 and 2. How lit were we? We only going to take it higher from there, man. The guest is going to get crazy as this thing continues to roll on out. I got some surprises and treats in store. And uh, this episode is no uh, exception. Meek Mill. Very polarizing force in the hip-hop game. Like, the Meek Mill fans that are really down for Meek Mill rock with this brother so hard. Then you got the other side. People that are a little bit more drakey and feel a certain way about Meek Mill. If you haven't got a chance to check out his album, Wins and Losses, you're doing yourself a great disservice, man. The album is uh, pretty legit, and we got a chance to talk to him right as the album was coming out. Yo, he, he dug in his bag and, you know, talked about quite a few things. It's a very interesting interview, and it was the first time I got a chance to get any real time with the brother that's a treat also later on in this episode i'm gonna be talking to a uh, all-around hustler by the name of choke no joke who has an amazing documentary out called the hip-hop nucleus it's about the tunnel nightclub which was a major force in the new york hip-hop scene from the 90s through the early 2000s man everybody who was anybody rolled through the tunnel and he tells some great stories about some crazy things that went down in that so it's definitely worth the time for the entire ride buckle up let's go this is even longer than the last episode so if you got a long commute you riding on your train right now if you're in the gym running on a treadmill let's get it the universe blew breath in your lungs. What you gonna do with it? Huh? That's what we want to know. But anyway, uh, this episode is being brought to you by TheShirtOfTheMonth.com. Just imagine a situation where you didn't have to go to the mall to pick out your clothes. TheShirtOfTheMonth.com does everything for you. Pay a flat fee, and every month you get a new shirt delivered directly to your door. Pick, rock, repeat. TheShirtOfTheMonth.com. Be sure you check it out. With no further ado, welcome to episode three. Yeah, what's up? Meek Mill in the building. It's yeah. been a long time coming, bro. Yeah, of course. Now, if you could describe the last 48 months in one word, what would that word be? One word? Incredible. What's been the highlight? Uh, Just uh, being blessed in this position. You know where we come from. Like, everybody rap where I come from. Everybody play ball. Everybody want to make it. Everybody want to make it to, like, you know, the... The TV life, if that's what you call it, uh, make a lot of money and be successful. You know, I'm one of the people out of where I come from, out of a thousand young men that die, go to jail. I'm one of the people that's in that position. You know, we take that kind of serious where I come from. Now, being a person who has seen, like, the bright side of it, seen yeah. the bad side of it, you know, having yeah. been locked up and incarcerated yourself. Yeah. Do you think you learned more lessons being in the business or more while you was locked up? I learned from both, but, you know, I learned from jail more than anything because, you know, you're being locked down in the cell 20-something hours a day. You ain't got no time but to think, you know what I mean? You got to put it all together and sit down with yourself. It ain't, you can't be fronting for anybody. Ain't no ego. It's just you and the wall. So, you know, you get time to think. But I think I learned the most. I came up kind of wild, grew up in the wild. So that kind of like changed my whole life and my perspective on life when I was sitting in jail as a younger kid. I mean, so hip hop aside, aside, right? You know, because like, you know, we got to keep a tough exterior up at all times. But when you go into a prison for the first time, what's running through your mind? Me, I want to go home. That's been the only thing running through Damn my mind. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing in the world running through my mind. You know, like people in there, they just we all we all the same. I come from the streets and stuff like that. Just getting out and getting back to my family and handling my business. My career was like the biggest thing that was like on my mind because it was at one point. I was about to get signed with like T.I. back in the day. I had like a big case. Mm. I never really told him. He had an open case too, but I never told him I had an open case. And then I had ended up getting locked up 
for that case and it was kind of serious. And you know, I just thought everything. I seen my dreams like fading away while I'm sitting behind the walls. That was like my biggest fear. The new album, Wins and Losses. Yeah. What do you put in the losses category? What do you talk about there? Uh... I had like an artist named Lil Snoopy from Louisiana. He was like my heart. Young guy that I put on, he lost his life to the streets. Uh, that was like one of the biggest losses of my life. Lil Chino, if you follow Lil Chino, Lil Chino, he was like, he got shot in his head. His, little brother, his big brother was killed. We kind of like took him under the wing. That was like a, a major loss for us. Uh, even people going against the grain with me. Like I seen a lot of people go against the grain with me at one time. And that was like a loss to me, but it's basically was a lesson in itself, you know what I'm saying? Something that made me want to hustle harder. So I named my album Wins and Losses because I wanted people to see like both sides of what molded me, you know what I'm saying? I'd be kind of like on a reality side of rap where even if it's from social media to making music or videos, I try to like give people the real side. So I want to give people both sides of what like molded me into who I am today. A little behind the scenes info. You know, for those who don't know, like when these artists go on the road, they hit a lot of radio stations and a lot of people ask them a lot of the same questions over and over again. As it relates to a guy like Meek Mill, some of the obvious places to go is like, hey, so why'd you and Nicki Minaj break up? Or, hey, so man, it was kind of rough how like, you know, that whole Drake thing played out. And I figured like, you know, yo, between those two things, I should hit one or the other. So I want to focus on the Drake aspect of it because I'm not a girl. I don't care why him and Nicki Minaj broke up. It happens. So I decided to try my shot and take it there. Yeah. I'm watching from a, a rap battle enthusiast. Yeah. Right? I'm like, well, Meek has all the components to beat the Canadian in this situation because he's talking about the dude getting peed on. That happened. Yeah. That's a fact. Uh, you know, like you, you were hitting people with facts in that record. Yeah. But, you know, for some reason or another, it didn't pan out. In the world now, it's like it's like most a uh, most popular world. I separated like a lot of my fans are who side with who. But in the game, like a lot of people, like I said, I like to do reality and do a reality like in real life. Half of the game now is like based off of like social propaganda of how people can make your perception. Like if you look at like blogs and stuff like that, nine times out of ten is blogs. They like basically aim to try to knock me down a certain way. I don't know if y'all know. I'll speak for myself. In the game, I approached it not in the best way that I could approach it, and it looked like I felt some type of way about something. You know, in the game right now, it's when people side. You better make sure you got your army right. And in the game, I seen everybody switch. I seen like a lot of people because everything is like based off like favoritism and who could do what for who. And I watched people like that was like, I mean, people that was up my ass for months and years just switch sides and do what they needed to do. And you know, as long as I made it through and stood tall the way I stood tall when I come out in real life, the people are still cheering for me because I'm like the people champ. I don't. I can't really control the internet. I don't think nobody control the internet. If you slip and fall tomorrow, it's they gonna drag you. Yeah, <laughs> nobody can control they it. So, bro, <laughs> like at your mom's house. Yeah, yo, you can't control it. So, <laughs> but, but who put that? You, I put it out because it's, it's who recorded it though. It was the cameras from my mom's house. That's so funny. I was like, just just record with my mom. I mean. <laughs> group texting with my mom and my sister and them, we was laughing at it. And I thought it was funny. It I was. never thought that you can't put nothing of me like slipping and falling on the internet. I seen a video the other day, 21 was like dancing on the table. The table dropped and fell. He fell. It was just funny. You know right. what I'm saying? In today's world, that if it's like somebody joking on you, it's like you're being clowned on to like a whole nother level nowadays how the internet make it. I don't, people just coming on the internet say a bunch of crazy shit. Tell your baby ugly. 
Your dad should have died. Your right. mom is. They don't care what they say they to you. They don't care. Yeah. In the world where we come from, you can't speak if you can't stand on what you say. That's why sometimes people might see me and stuff going on when I'm around. I come from a place where, like, if people treating you a certain way and you see them, you address them about that and you make them stand to, up to that as a man. Not no women or children or nothing like that, but just in general. So what do we put in that win category? Being alive, coming up in America, having our freedom, uh, being able to take care of our family. Like, me moving my family out the hood was, like, the biggest win for me. Like, my nephew used to live in the projects. He used to cuss, he'd see guns, see all types of bad stuff. The moment we took him out of that environment, moved him to a better environment. Yeah, brand new young man, he doing his thing, he living better. That was always like my goal. Like my pop got killed when I was young. I always was like, I'm gonna be the like man of the house. So you know. How young were you? I pro- I was five when my my dad died. Man. Oh wow. Yeah. Is there anything you remember about your interactions with him? Yeah, a little bit, but not really like that. It's a long time now. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. New single bubbling right now, whatever you want. Yeah, whatever you want, featuring Chris Brown and uh, Ty Dollar, Dollar Signs. Time. Something for the ladies. Uh, a yep. sample from the legendary Tony, Tony, Tony song that's fire. You know, I've been hearing my mom, my whole family on it my whole <laughs> life. And you know, we just decided to revamp it and do something for the ladies. It's the perfect barbecue song. You know yeah. what I'm saying? People out <laughs> doing something. Yeah, summertime vibe. You know what I'm saying? You could trick your grandmother into liking it because she thinks it's Tony, 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 but lo and behold, it's Meek Mill and Chris yeah, Brown. Yeah, my grandma like all right. my music. Word? Yeah, she like, like, what's the most ratchet Meek Mill song that your grandmother's like totally into? Like, can she recite dreams and nightmares like top to bottom? I don't know if she could sing it or nothing that. I know she liked my music. I be giving my grandma Rex and she know that money. The Rex come from the music. <laughs> That's <and> right. <laughs> she don't really like all the cussing and stuff, but right. she, she like it. Well, right. like, let's talk about Rex for a second. Like, I follow you on Instagram. You're not one of those guys who, like, you know, does the thing where you're, like, talking with, like, the phone up to you. No, we definitely talk with money. So how do you feel when a guy like Jay-Z on 444, you know? Uh, That's what Jay-Z doing, you know what I mean? I respect it because it's whole, but we definitely talk to the money sometimes. He killed my uh, phone battery. I ain't take it, like, personal or nothing. It's Jay-Z, like, the OG of the game, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I ain't take it personal, but in this era with us coming up, that's what we be doing is just that. So in your opinion, what is the symbolism behind that? Like, I never quite got it. And, you know, I do okay. I work a couple jobs. You know what I'm saying? I could probably take that picture if I oh, wanted no, to. No, it's but- just a good picture. There's <laughs> <laughs> really nothing to it. <laughs> really, like, uh, nowadays, our jeans is tighter than Jay-Z's and Nori and them jeans. It's a little different, you know what I'm saying? I worry wasn't about using auto-tune. You- <laughs> it's auto-tune this time around. First thing that comes to mind, like, you know, I see guys like, with like, super tight jeans. It's like, yo, like, if the drama pops off, How's he gonna be able to fight adequately yeah. in the skinny jeans? Unless you're wearing the skinny stretch jeans that Levi's makes. Those jeans. How you gonna be able to fight in some baggy jeans? It's time to run and do anything, right. get in trouble. You gotta pull up your jeans, fall you fall, right. trip on your face. If your legs have limited range of motion, I, I digress. <laughs> anyway, singles call whatever. I'm you not looking. Keep me in the '90s era too. Let's get this straight. I'm a rapper. Like I'm, I'm like in a from like '93 to 2012, 13 era. I ain't. It's a whole different... It's levels to this type stuff. It's levels to everything nowadays with this new era. So, you know, keep me right in there. I'm like a mixture between a new wave, but the Jay-Z, Nas, yeah. uh... Tupac, Biggie, that era too mixed in with kind of like the new wave too. Well, and uh, for those who can't see it, because this obviously is a radio interview, Meat Mill is up here with a very young face. Yeah. Like most people, like, you know what I'm saying, they've been in the game as long, just stressed out. 
You know, like you know, like when President Barack Obama came and he was a little young in the face. By the time eight years in, yeah. he looked like he's seen some things he can't unsee. You still right. look like you did when you first got here. I try not to live like that too. People, a lot of people get it confused. Like I, like even when I talk talk about the losing part, like people are like, "Yo, you losing? Well, losing what? Like, break it down. Let's break down life. Losing what? I try to live good every day. I wake up. When I wake up in the morning, I'm grateful to be like in the house that I'm in, no matter how big the house I am, I'm in. Right. To have the stuff I got, the cars I own, to be able to feed my family the way I feed them and live how I want. I don't want to wake up and have to like sell my soul for money all day. Like I was, like we call it like selling your soul. Like if I had to come up here and like talk bad about somebody just to promote my album, that's like selling your soul. I want to feel good when I wake up in the morning. I don't want to be like involved in. A world where it doesn't make me happy 24-7. I get done with this, I would go do some regular shit. Go to the mall, might ride my bike through the Atlanta streets, have some fun, but still go in that studio and hustle for the rest of the night and try to balance it out. I don't want to be caught up in this way. I'm coming. To you. I know y'all see artists coming here. Yeah, 100 million, they miserable out their mind, screaming yeah, at their team all day. It's, just, right. it's a lot it's to come with it. Yeah, it's a lot. And I try not to keep, I try to keep it balanced to where... I still keep a smile on my face because this is always what I wanted. I always wanted to be blessed, like, in this game. Well, speaking of smile on your face, I heard you celebrated your 30th birthday in the Dominican Republic. How yeah, was that? I, yeah, I had a ball. I had a ball in the Dominican <laughs> Republic. I turned 30. Yeah. Another Happy thing, birthday, too. Happy birthday. Be late. Thank you. Yeah. Another blessing where, like, I, I tell all my people, I, was like, I used to be scared to even think about becoming 30. Like, when you're really? in the streets... Yeah, I used to, I didn't even never you'll think. Because you make it. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to be 30. You'd be like, I ain't even trying to think that far. You start thinking about caskets and stuff, where we come from when you're like 19, 21. Like, I'm thinking about, how would I be when I'm 30? And I'm like, matter of fact, I don't even want to think about that. I'd probably be dead or something. Mm. So to be making it to that point is just like another a ranking from where we come from, our culture, because a lot of young men, they die, like black young men, 18 to 25. It's like a, a real deal where we come from. So it'd be like... What? Lose Less. what? Let's see, some millions at, at 30. Where I come from at 30 is you see the same men on the corner that been there since they was 13. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's all about what you're facing. So when we break down wins and losses, I'm breaking down my wins and my losses. I'm going to tell y'all what's winning to me. I'm going to tell y'all what's losing to me because they let us tell them everything else and they follow us with everything else. So we ain't going to let people determine our fate in this game or what we stand for. I can honestly say that on this radio sometimes I have been very heavy-handed. Yeah. In my in my criticism sometimes because I'm a fan. I yeah. want you to win. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm with that too. I, I like when I'm in the studio like, oh, you send Jay-Z something, but I don't like that. Mm. You know what that make me do? That make me want go go to go to the store, go to the studio, go harder and harder, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think one of my favorite Meek Mill moments is when you bodied that Wu-Tang Clan ice cream instrumental and to yeah. me on a level of like Yo, this dude could rap them. That took you on another level of me. So I was expecting that, you know, that following year. To yeah, be like, that, yeah, Meek Mill. They locked me down in the cell, and then when I came home, that's what page I was on. It was just like a different type of hunger at that time. You know, when you when you coming out of situations like that, my ambition was on like a million. I probably wrote one rap in jail in six months. That was the rap right there. Mm -hmm. gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Now, what's something you read about yourself that completely took you off your square? Where you're like. I you know I have to address this and I gotta set the record straight. I don't know. I I don't even really know for real. For real. it ain't too much that I be feeling. Everything be. I'm like kind of emotional when it kind of like people I know 
misjudging me. If you don't know me and you misjudge me, I can't. I don't really care about that. But when people I know misjudging me, I say stuff sometimes. And you know, I'm from a little wild. I'm not fully tame yet. I'm tame 90%. Sometimes I react. I react wrong. I used to smoke weed. I used to sip lean and pop perks. I'll be high when I'm reacting to most of this stuff and... I might say the wrong thing or might overreact about something because I'm human. You know, everybody got the they unbalanced part of them. And, you know, I'm just a regular person like everybody else. So you deaded all the weed? Deaded the drinking and all that? Yeah, I don't do no drugs. I just hustle now. I like to get money. Get money, that's my high right now. <laughs> live, a, live a good life. So you know a lot of people are under the impression that you had Safari jumped at the BET experience, right? I don't have people jumped. I, don't, I fight for myself. I've been in jail myself. I always been getting down myself. If you look at the video, I just pulling up and you know it happened to be an altercation. He spoke on me and the way he spoke on me. Hey, when you see me, you deal with that the way you deal with it. But you were friends at one point though, right? Yeah, he was all right. I don't what you call friends. Like I'm here with my friends right now. Gotcha. I don't know. Like I'm cool with everybody. I try to be respectful to everybody and cool with everybody. I don't pass judgment, even if I think I could think you soft and think you're a different type of guy than me. Still treat you with respect and be cool, you know what I'm saying? As long as you don't do nothing to, like, disrespect me. Once right. you get disrespectful with me, the way I play is, might get a little disrespectful with you back. I ain't touch him. I'm on probation. So, Meek, you on probation, too? <laughs> yeah, I've been on probation for 10 years. What's Let's too, Harry? You on probation, too, Brett? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Let's talk about... Uh, like, seven years. Like, they be Yeah, so you on, the, you on the same bracket as me. I always speak on this, too, when I get real platforms. Like, they putting young kids in situations where, like, people get long tails where if you make one mistake, they could take your freedom and take you away from your yeah. family and yeah. give you, like, a large amount of time. Yeah. I'm blessed. I'm in a, a different situation than them kids back there in the streets because I'm able to travel. I'm able to stay out of bad environments and stuff like that. But but they stuck. I mean, I've been on this for 10 years now. I've been. Now, I'm, what's the thing that first got you your probation? Uh, I had a gun. I was selling drugs and... I had a cop say that I, I chased him with a gun, and you know how that really go right there. If you, you pull a gun dead. out on a cop, this before cameras was out, you would right. definitely be dead. You'd be dead two times. Right. I had no reason in the world to want to kill a cop. I know that comes with the death penalty and 100 bullet holes. So, right, right. Uh, I got found guilty of that, and I, was, I got sentenced to like a year in jail. 10 years of probation. And every time I made a mistake, they like extended my probation longer. So I ended up becoming 16 years of probation. And, Oof. No, that's like a big thing to me. I, I always sit down with people when I get platforms and let them know like, I fight for that. That's why I'm always, when people, a lot of people were saying Meek Mill, Dunny, overfinished with, you know, kept me alive. The streets kept me alive because that's who I come from and that's who I stood with the whole time I've been in this game. And that's what I stand for. Like them young kids that's in jail, Bag of weed got 18 months in prison, and all they fathers were sent to prison over a small amount of cocaine, and they never had a male figure in the house. That's me. That's how I grew up, and that's who I represent. So, you know, they the people that always stood up for me, and that's what type of music I'm on. This type of round when I'm talking wins and losses. Don't think Meek Mill coming to, I ain't coming to make you dance in a club this time, really. I'm coming to rap. It's a rap album. I got I got a little bit of melody here and here, here and there just because that's what's going on now. But I'm doing a lot of rapping, and that's what I, I think. Even with like Jay Z album, a lot of the younger kids because I always hear like the younger guys are 16. I don't like that like that. I'm like, what you mean you don't like that like that? This is his lyricism. He's saying some good things. This may not be the music that's out right now. And in the world, he once told me that he was like, "You going on the internet." He said, you're going on the internet and trying to keep it real 
in a fake world. Like this is the world where like everybody come to to pretend. In my head, I'm like, on this album, you keeping it too real for the internet. You crushing everybody's dreams. This is where we putting the money phones to our air. But I know talent. I know great music, and it got a intelligent message to it where like I can appreciate it because. I'm looking to learn. I'm looking. I'm a. I'm a C right now. It's frustrating because, like, you know, it seems like you know the current state of radio isn't really pushing people to think. You know what I'm saying? Like with yes. a lot of the music that gets played, like you know, sim- keep it simple, keep it melodic, don't try to do too much. And it seems like that's like the current status quo. Yeah, when I was locked up, I studied radio and I watch how. <laughs> you would get tired I used to get tired of hearing T-Pain voice at certain points You hear him on the radio so much that yeah. It's like programmed in your mind Like and this is all you get to hear It's not like you don't get a selection Nowadays they got mm. They got a lot of different platforms Where you could listen to your own music You know these little kids My little son and them I'm coming in the house listening to stuff That I don't even understand what's going on I remember right. people couldn't understand me now I'm coming in. I can't even understand, but I accept it because I just know that right. it's different eras. And these young kids, I would never talk down on. They providing a way for their families, and, and they ain't on the corner selling no drugs and throwing their life away. So, so Meek, with you and Brett having so much in common, have you ever thought about doing a collaboration? I mean, y'all both. Why I love the Brett. I've been loving the Brett all my life. What do you say? What'd you say, Meek? I've been loving the Brett all my life. You know, I'm like an energetic floor. Brett was always bringing the energy to the game. Mm-hmm. I'm always open to it. You know, I, I came up on this. I come up under, like, legends like the Brett myself. Appreciate it. I got that energy. That's what I came with my whole life. It's kind of like the Brett DMX, Mystical, yeah. uh, Tupac, uh, No Limit, all that type of stuff. And, you know, I just, I'm just the new mixture of, uh, of this era. So, you know, of course, I appreciate it. So if you used to do, like, an ultra posse cut. Yeah, you know, for a future record, and you can pull any rapper from history. There's five of y'all on this song. Yeah, who's on that record? Oh, uh, that's a hard question. I just is. I can try to breeze through it and just I would uh I would put Tupac and Biggie on there. Mm-hmm. I would put uh I'm gonna mix it up too. Tupac and Biggie. I put Andre three thousand on there. Yes. Uh, who else? Put myself on there for sure. That's four. Can I mix it up with somebody new? Sure. Yeah. Some new wave, somebody that's like special. Quavo doing good work. He's, yeah, I would use Quavo. I, I love Quavo just to put that new sound in there. Ray just, Strimmit is dope too. Yeah, I love Ray Strimmit yeah, you, too. You, you need Jimmy Lee on the hook. Uh, yeah, he, man. Uh, I mean, not Jimmy Lee. Uh, yeah, Sway, Sway Lee. Lee. Sway Lee on the hook. Yeah. Sway Lee. I'm about to say, who Jimmy Lee? <laughs> 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 I merged them together as one person. Yeah. <laughs> Word. Now that'd be super legit. But Philly has a rich. Hip hop history, you think of guys like, you know, Steady B, Cool C, yeah, uh, Three Times roots. Dope, The Roots. Did you feel like you had to leave your city to truly get love there? No, I ain't felt like I had to leave. I felt like I had to leave to like stay alive and stay in a better position. Cause you know, we got a lot of it's a lot of violence going on, uh, a lot of cop presence and stuff like that. I, just, I feel like I needed to like just move myself out of that for a second because when I'm there, it's our city small. When you there, if you you front the streets. It's kind of hard to escape because everything right there in front of your face. Like Lil Uzi, he plays down here, he doing good. He from Philly, but completely sounds different than anything else that came out of Philly. Yeah, because he 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 traveled, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's kind of different. I came up straight battle rapping with rappers on the corner. They don't even teach you how to make hooks. You just got to rap. You got to do 17. <laughs> right. but seriously, you 17-minute freestyles. 
Stuff like that. Word up. Now, no kids have you, right? Yeah, I got a kid. I got a son. You got a son? How old yeah. is your son? Six years old. Word. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like, has he, like, figured out what's going on? Like, does he get it yet? Yeah, my son knows what's going on. He act like people treat him nicer than they would usually treat other kids. Now, he kind of a little bit spoiled, but, you know, we try to keep him balanced and keep his head straight. He knows what's going on, though. For the ladies out there, you know, newly single, what are you looking for? I ain't looking for nothing. I'm just having it my way right now. I'm trying to have it my way and live like a king, live like I want to live. Life is, this, life is built to live how you want to live, and I'm living exactly how I want to live. So whatever comes, comes. I don't really be planning, like, yo, I'm going to get a girlfriend next month, next year. I just be flowing. I be living kind of good, so I don't be rushing. Well, yo, listen, man. We're happy for you in this space. And I'm glad you finally got a chance to come in here and, like, really set the record straight on a lot of things. Cause, yeah. Because, like, like I said, I'd be lying if I said, like, we weren't heavy-handed at times. Yeah. Well, we heavy-handed because we, we rock with you and we want to see you pull this shit off. Yeah, and I, I appreciate it. I respect criticism. Only thing I don't take well to when people just disrespecting you and just all out just going crazy. I don't... With music and people that always had faith in me and, and wanted to see me win... You could always tell me no. You could tell me yes. You could tell me what you like, what you don't like. You could say what you like. Everybody got their own opinion. And I can't do nothing but respect it. Much respect here. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you a question. Maybe you'll tell me yes. Maybe you'll tell me no. If I do yeah. a beat on here, just from headphones. Yeah. You're great at this shit. Let me see. Well, well, you give, give me, a give me an instrumental that you feel like you completely just go nuts over. It ain't built for that. It's built for you to pick a beat. Oh, snap. Just oh, make sure oh. you pick some fire. <laughs> well, let me see. You know what? Uh, yeah, let's see. This is, uh, this is old faithful. I think this will snap. Uh, Wins and losses, July 21st. Let's get it. All right, Meek Mill in the building. Let's get yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Said you went in the... Yeah, me too. Uh, I like, yeah, me too. Uh, let me pop yeah, diggins that never met me wanna kill me They talk about me like they really know me Knowing they can never feel me I'm never threatened, they can never see me I'm out Miami in a Lamborghini Skating like a pair of hillies Diggins wild and treating Collins like it's the block Feeling dirty for the soldiers that took the shots Diggins is mad, we took they spots We took they hoes, diggins is hot I can feel the animosity when I'm running away Try to tell me that I'm fake cause I don't come running away Every time I turn around they got something to say They wanna see me gun I'm down, get myself out the way But I'm a thinker, you a shooter I'm a winner, you a loser I'm a getter, you a user Looking, what could I say? I'm a thousand, I'm a hundred You a robber, I get money You a clown, you're not that type Looking, f*** the fit Before I put you on the grill Like a f***er filet My youngin' only 15 But he'll f*** up your day Spill blood on your Yeezys up your lay, hey, your clothes filled up with holes like you bought them from Yay. This is cook crack, gotta never look back. Clock all on the hip line, make up in a book bag. Regardless, I'ma get mine, ain't heavy, so I took that. They've been broke a long time, that's probably why they look mad. Probably why they so aggressive. None of your blessings. Ain't gotta send these against Texas to get the message. My rap a lot niggas in Texas, they living reckless. OG like a Mako baby, if you didn't guess it. Uh, Yo, I ain't ready. Yeah. I wasn't ready for the morning show, bro. Yo, bro Next bro. time I come back, I'm Woo. giving you. Yo, fam, fam. <laughs> Yo. Yo. This hey. is Texas sending Texas. What? Ain't got it. Reckless. Eat <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> you sound like you got six. Next time when I come here, Brett got to give me 16, oh, too. Oh, I got you. Oh, Brett got you. We're putting Brett under the gun next time I come here. I was, I was so ready. <laughs> Yo, me. Thank you. All right, yeah, you know man. what it is. Thank, thank, yeah. thank you not only for the interview, your energy, your time, and the bars, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Wins I just came yeah. through. Get them new bars up, wins and losses. <laughs> next time I'm going to get you, you put me on the spot. I just woke up like an hour ago. It's <laughs> so no, we good, I'm man. offended. Pick up the album, Wins yeah. and Losses, Dream Chasers.
Now, hopefully, if more than anything, that interview right there helped convert some fans back over to being Meek Mill fans and maybe hopefully found us some new ones, man. Because at the end of the day, dude got talent. He got bars. He just had a rough year. It happens to the best of them, man. So don't let that be one of the guys that uh, you put on the pedestal just to knock down, man. Let him get back up there, man. But anyway, moving on. Let's talk about the tunnel. For those who lived in New York City or the New York Tri-State area during a certain part of the 90s and early 2000s, you used to hear the commercials all the time on the radio. The tunnel. It just made it sound like it was the place to be. Now, back then, I was a shorty. I was too young to get in the club, you know, and, like, you know, you would always hear about, like, you know, the outlandish amount of money it would cost to get in. You know, I, I, I never I never tried to go. It was one of those clubs that you thought was just going to rock on forever and you'll just go when you got around to it. But, you know, the opportunity opened and closed. But there was a man who, for whatever reason, decided to videotape a lot of the goings-ons in the club and create a documentary about it called The Hip Hop Nucleus, The Tunnel. And the man who put it together is my dude, Choke No Joke. What up, what up, what up? Big homie. For anybody who knows anything about hip hop, especially as it relates to New York hip hop, they knew The Tunnel was like the second coming of The Fever, which was like, you know, pretty much even building on what was already a grand design, but making it bigger. For those who don't understand, what was the tunnel? The tunnel was like the, the title of the documentary, the hip hop nucleus for the golden era. Uh, it was a club in New York City owned by Peter Gation. The promoters that started the hip hop night, which was called Mecca, was Jessica Rosenblum and Chris Lighty, rest in peace. They had a company called Stress Entertainment. They started a uh, Sunday hip-hop night uh, party at this club called The Tunnel. And from 94 to 96, they did it. And then 96 to 2001 of May, when it closed, Funkmaster Flex took it over, and he was the promoter. And this was the spot that if you were somebody trying to make it in hip-hop, you had to come through here to get that stamp of approval. Wow. So, like, on, on any given night, let's just say a couple weeks in, you know, who, who, who do you run into at the tunnel? Anybody that was somebody. Whether it was, if you was into music, you'll see Puff there. You'll see Big there. You'll see Pac there. You'll see Ice Cube there. You'll see Ice-T there. You'll see Jay-Z there. Uh, if it was athletes, you see all the Knicks players. If it was football players, you seen the Giants in there. You seen the Jets in there. You would see people on on Channel Five News, the the correspondents uh, of that were on the news. You seen all the thugs, all the gangsters, the strippers, like anybody that was somebody that had some heart or notoriety, they were in the tunnel. How old were you when you were going to the tunnel? Now, were you going as, like, as a person being in the business, or were you going as, like, a hip-hop fan? At that age, I was probably about, I was probably about 20, 21, 22, 23, somewhere in there. And at that point, I had just started modeling and acting. Okay. So I was in the entertainment business at that point. Um... And I was, you know, I did a lot of music videos and commercials and and stuff like that. At that time, the music videos and stuff that I was doing, I would take my camera on set with me and shoot behind the scenes because I've done a lot of music videos like, 
Nas Hate Me Now. Oh, wow. Um, in that video, I'm in the Mob D Quiet Storm video. Uh, uh, it was a, a Puff music video. Oh, the Benjamins okay. remix. Uh, but it was a rock version of yeah. it. Yeah, I remember it was running to the high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I was doing a lot of music videos, so I started shooting behind the scenes on the set of the music videos. And then I started hanging out in the tunnel. So that's like about 95. You know, 95, I went in there and, you know, how I would get in the tunnel for free is I knew Flex because I'm from Edenwall Projects in the Bronx, which is 229th in Laconia. And Flex was from 226 in Paulden, which is one avenue up Word. and a few blocks down. I didn't know you was a Bronx kid too. Yeah, 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 yeah. You from the Bronx? Tracy Towers. Oh, get out of here. Yeah, I used to live in Concourse Village too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly yeah. Tracy. I used to be over in Tracy Towers. I had a, uh, a shorty I lived over Everybody there. had a shorty in Tracy You had two big builders to choose from. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I know yeah. girls that I grew up with that still live in Tracy Towers and it's still like just cool as they were when I was a kid, man. Right, right, right. That's what's up. So it's dope right. to have that flex connect, man, because, like, right. I mean, he's, I mean, even to this day, like, you know, I know people try to, like, bury him, but, like, right. I mean, he still is the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Flex put in a lot of work, you know what I'm saying, from from way back. You know, I know him when, you know, he was junior. That's what we used to call him. You know right. what I'm saying? So, you know, I seen his whole growth throughout this whole industry before he even got on the radio. You know, so being that I knew Flex, you know, my way of getting in the tunnel for free was, yo, meet me in, in the front. You help him carry his crates in. And you you get in free. Right. You know what I'm saying? So at one point, I took my camera and, you know, knowing that after it being a routine for me, I knew I wasn't getting searched because I was going well. And one time I took my camera in there and that was probably the first time I shot Jay-Z uh, in the tunnel. And that's when the Volume 2 was out and he had performed The Hard Knock Life in there. And it was, you know, Beanie Siegel was up there with him. Ja Rule was up there with him. He did Can I Get Her. Him and uh, Bleed did um, It's All Right from the uh, Streets Is Watching soundtrack. Um, so that right there started me filming in the tone. Then I got down with this public access show. And from that point on, I became a producer, director. That's when I realized that this is what I want to do. I want right. to be behind the camera instead of in front of the camera. So I kind of dropped the modeling and acting thing and became this producer and director. And I've been producing and directing ever since. And it's crazy, like, you know, because when you came through, you blessed me with these uh, two tunnel DVDs. And the crazy thing is, like, you know, like back in the day, I used to see these, like, you know, like in Harlem, like all the time. And it's just like, ah, ah I'll get it next time. I'll get it next time. And, like, to know that, oh, you was behind this all along. Like... You know how, like, technology comes along sometimes and, like, damn it, if we would have had the technology to capture a video version of, like, the Cool Mo D versus Busy B battle. Right. If we would have had a camera to catch the first block party, you know, first parties at Sedgwick and Cedar. Right. Like, you know, like, it's dope that you had the foresight to know that, you know what, this is going to be a thing at some point or another. Right. Let me go ahead and record. So people, you know, because, like, people have a tendency to forget where it came from because, you know, because all they see is the now. Right. You go to parties, people don't dance. Everybody's standing around taking <laughs> right. selfies right. about being at the party. Mm -hmm. You know, but to see people, like, actually in the element, enjoying it, man, you, it, it's, it's missed. It's lost. Right. And actually, when I was doing it back then, you know, I wasn't thinking, oh, this is going to be something. I was just a super huge fan of hip-hop. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it was like... I just was filming this stuff for the love of the game. 
you know, like I was just uh, like a hip hop historian. I just, it don't matter where it was. It wasn't just a tunnel. If it was, you know, I went to Magic. You know, I went to Miami Fashion Week. You know, I went to every album release party, every platinum party. And I was just filming the stuff, you know, just for the love of hip hop because it was just so cool back then. You know, so now I'm sitting on all this stuff and, you know, the tunnel is just one part of my life. All the other stuff, I don't even know what to do with it. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the thing is, like, you can slow roll it out between point A and point B because it's going to become a time where it's going to be like a mental disconnect Mm -hmm. as to what the culture was doing at the time. And I think, you know, like, you know, just like the little bits that I've seen so far of it is just like, man, like, I can't even, like, think where this type of energy is being replicated from. And I get the privilege to party all over the country. Like, you know, like, I think the closest thing I get to the tunnel vibe, and granted, I'd never been to the tunnel, was maybe MJQ in Atlanta. Where is that at? It's it's a spot in Atlanta. Friday nights. They they got two waves of parties. They got uh, Fantastic Fridays with Dres the Beatnik, Majestic, DJ Lord, um, uh, Fudge, and sometimes they swap another guy out. And, like, people go to party, dance, have a good time. On any given night, you'll see just random hip-hop cats that you, like, grew up listening to in the club. One night I left the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was working on a song, and I was like, you know what? Greg Nice from Nice and Smooth would be perfect on this song. I leave the studio. I go to the MJQ just to catch a vibe, just to get in the moment. Who do I see at the bar drinking a red stripe? Greg Nice from Nice and Smooth. Like, MJQ is that kind of place. So, like, okay. you know, that's the only thing I can, like, even compare the tunnel's energy to it. And it's a much smaller scale. Because MJQ is tiny compared to the tunnel. But right. it's where hip-hop is currently living and still doing the things that you saw it do in the video. So, right. it's kind of dope. So but see, I, like, in, in this era, uh, a good epitome of the tunnel would be live in Miami. Okay. But live is after they made it. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like, you you could go there and you'll see a Lil Wayne or somebody that's major get on the stage and rock. But, you know, it's all flossy. It's not grimy or whatever. The tunnel was these guys before they made it. You know, when they had a buzz, you know, or, you know, they was just getting taken off, but they were the hot guys like the Jay-Z, the Nas's. You know, they was hot, but they wasn't rich yet. So it was kind of like going to Madison Square Garden without going to Madison Square Garden. Right. You get what I'm saying? Smaller scale, yeah. yeah. Like the tunnel's like hustle and flow, live is empire. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Like, you know, right, right. from exactly. the grind to getting into the castle. So, you know, people yeah. used to always hear about how um, kind of exclusive the whole tunnel experience was like not everybody could get in who couldn't go to the tunnel uh anybody could get in the tunnel the way the tunnel security was they were so grimy you could have went really you just ain't try you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, yeah, you may have thought you were too young. It's like, yo, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna come over yeah, for the. Bronx all you had group. to do, all you had to do, is have a, enough money in your pocket to grease your way along that line and get to that door, and you was getting in, even if you didn't have no ID. If you had enough money in your pocket to pay your way all the way through, mm-hmm. you was getting in. Ah, man, I, I wouldn't have been able to eat lunch that week. I was, like, <laughs> I was one of the cats like I was living check to check before I was even getting a check. It was like <laughs> right. I would take my lunch money and shoot dice. 
right. like get my money up for the week and use it to buy like albums. Right, and, right. And magazines. That's like, yeah, how I got the nickname Headcrack because I was always shooting dice. Right. So like, yeah, it was like, I, I didn't want to risk it, man. It was like a little, right. little shaky. Yeah, but I mean, any anybody could really got get in there, but then again, nobody could really get in there. Like you had to really know somebody or know one of them security dudes or pay your way through. Because it would get so packed so fast? Or? Yeah, I mean, the tunnel, it hold, held up to like 7,000. You know what I'm saying? But you had average 3,000 people every Sunday in there. And who's walking away with the lion's share of that money? Well, Is that Chris Peter, Peter Gation, okay. uh, you know, he got the bulk of it. I, I've, I've seen the books for the tunnel. One Jay-Z night, it made 150000 at the bar and like 179000 at the door. And that's just on the books. Wow. So you know, you, there's a lot of un, you know under the table taking money. So you can imagine they making four hundred thousand a night in there. So going from one era Cash, to another, because there was no cars back then. Yeah, so you don't have to report half that stuff, and you flying under the radar. Yeah, great times. Not to mention the dudes that in there that was selling weed. Not to mention the dudes that was in there selling powder. Right. You know what I'm saying? Some dudes was even sneaking bottles in there that get, that had the juice to not get searched. And then they walking around selling bottles of Moet to people in the crowd. That's brilliant because they overcharge for that stuff in clubs. I yeah, mean, even yeah. in 2017, <laughs> like, you know, they taking a $20 bottle or something and selling it for like, you know, 100 plus. Right. The markup is insane. So going from one era of the tunnel to another, so, you, you know, it was the, you know, the Chris Lighty and Rachel Rosen, Rosenblum? Uh, Jessica Rosenblum. Jessica, Jessica Rosenblum era yeah. to the Funk Flex era. Right. What, what happened between point A and point B? Well, with Jessica, she tried to bring DJ enough in there to be one of the DJs. And Flex wasn't having that. Okay. So he cut off. You know what I'm saying? So when he cut her off, uh, he took it over. And that's when the performances really started. When uh, Jessica and Chris Lighty there, it was more of the party. Got you. You know what I'm saying? But when Flex came, he added that element with uh, the, the live performances. And that's when they took off through the roof. I've seen dudes like Domino perform in the tunnel. Did he get love? Yeah, he got love because, you know, he had that song, Here Ghetto We Go, Jam. Here We... What was it called? Ghetto Jam. Ghetto Jam, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, who had a rough night? Because you always hear about the like I, the, the great stories of the people who had People a great... always get mad if, when you say... Like, I mean, they get mad is, at me. The truth is the truth. But... I, I, so just so you don't have to like necessarily say their name, maybe you can say what song they sang. Uh, I, I, always, I, I always mention Crew. Crew had a rough night. Yeah, cause they. You remember that album they dropped? It had like 20, 30, 30. Th yeah, yeah, 20, 30 songs on it, and it was just too much. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? They got up there. I ain't gonna say they bombed, but they didn't rock. You know what I'm saying? And if you rocked, you became a star. If you didn't rock, you disappeared. And it's ill because they actually had a song on their album called "Live at the Tunnel" with the locks. Right. And I, you would have thought that came from a great experience. Yeah. They're so underrated. Like, when I hear Pronto right now and Just Another Case, yeah. like, them songs slap. Right, right, right. So, all right, so for people who have no idea who Crew is, right? All right, so back in the days, I think it was like 1998, I used to work at a company called Polygram, which distributed Def Jam. And, like, this was my favorite album that they released that year. And for whatever reason, it didn't catch on. But this was one of the biggest records off there. This rock. 
Uh, once upon a time, let's see if I remember Back in January Nah, chill, it was December True, cause that's when L started his bid Party through the new year, January 30 slid Up until then, yo, L had it swell Called him Sweet P like his name was Pinnell He did the job, money came with ease Going out of town, moving the remix but still a solid song nonetheless but this other one right here this joint is called pronto let me give you like 20 30 seconds in this hold up baby all night long daylight daylight you still be rocking with the rhythm crew wait for it One to get ready, hun, peace to the river Two packing guns and give me some funk That's wild and pounded And I'll get nasty and then Florida Evans do do drowning Astounding, gives the peace up like Jimmy Snooker Then have your head bobbing like a Hunts Point hooker Okay, that's enough. Name of the group is called Crew. The album's called Dirty 30. I think it's available wherever you steal your music from because no one buys anything. Anyway, back to Choke No Joke. Damn, they didn't do well. Yeah, Who they, I, uh... The beating us, they, they, they were hot, but they didn't blow it off the roof. Wow. And look where they at. You know what I'm saying? No disrespect to these people. I'm just saying, like, Jay-Z ripped it down every time. Nas, every time. Puff Daddy and the family, you know what I'm saying? What's the notorious, the locks, what's the notorious big night at the tunnel like? Big, big. Never touched the stage. He got killed before oh. the like you know that's before the performance. The ninety six. Okay, you know what I'm saying. But Big always was in the tunnel. Right. Always. So when you, you know what I'm saying, he some security out there throw him out at at a point. So really? he, yeah, he got that experience. Well, how you get thrown out? I don't know. You know, uh, uh, Little Kim stayed in the tunnel. You know what I'm saying? You'll see on one of those DVDs I gave you her dancing on the bar. Now I saw on the uh, the actual documentary, uh, LL Cool J, you know, was in the tunnel, and and, and during yeah. those years he was like, you know, you know, re, re try, trying to reclaim his relevance because you know, right. like, L had you know dips and valleys, and right, L, like, right, you know, right. When you talk about mid '90s, that was like uh, going from um, from 14 shots to the dome to the Mr. Smith album, right? So that's like that that, that one you seen actually was the album release for the Goat album. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That was the go down. And uh, but L had a lot of love in there. You know, he, he didn't perform that night, but he brought out the bar to compensate him not uh record, I mean performing. not performing. Yeah. Word. Now, uh now when I was looking at the documentary, you got all the bounces. Even the guy who like even the head bouncer. Yeah. The man with the hoodie uh, turned around. Uh yeah, uh Big G. Sterling Cox was actually the one over all of them. Okay. And he employed up to 90, 100 bounces. And we were talking the other day on Dish Nation about a bouncer who actually, like, came from the tunnel and rose to notoriety. Oh, yeah. Were you ever there when Vin Diesel was a bouncer? That's Jessica Days. Okay. But you know what? Vin, uh, Vin Diesel didn't bounce uh, on the hip-hop night. Oh. I think he was a bouncer on, on either the gay night or the rave night or one of that. One <laughs> See, of those. he tried to claim the hip-hop night and say he learned how to, like, dance and get his hip-hop culture from being a, a bouncer at the tunnel. Yeah, but it, it may have been when Jessica was there, but not nah, when Flex was there. <laughs> he was there on alternative night. Yeah, he was there on all... Nah, I, I, nah. Now, now, in your personal experiences, what's the craziest thing you ever seen jump off at the tunnel? I seen everything in there from... A lot of fights. A lot of fights. Uh, 
people having sex in there, uh, people getting high in there. It everything happened in the tunnel. Girls walk in there naked, damn there, like straight see-through outfits, you know, no panties on, lift their skirt up, they ain't got no panties on, shootouts inside. Was the metal detector situation not really as, as strict as it should be? I told you, you could pay your way through the tunnel, man. Wow. You, you, you could walk up to a security dude, and, and if he know you, he going to let you just walk right by, knowing you got a gun on you. Okay, now let me, if my memory serves me correct, um, there was a time with Mob Deep and Keith Murray yeah. were at odds. Now, there was an argument or a fight that started at the tunnel and spilled out somewhere else, right? Yeah, out on the street. Were you there that night? Mm, I, I wasn't outside to see the fight, but uh, yeah, Keith Murray and, and Prodigy had a fight at the tunnel. Keith Murray was wild back in the days, He's wild man. Today. LOD. This <laughs> crew was kind of crazy, dude. And, and, and I love Keith because Keith trying to do better. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, every time I talk to Keith, like, man, I'm not that guy anymore. And then a couple days later, like, you'll hear a story. Yeah, like, but, yeah. like, I love Keith because he's always working on himself. Yeah, uh, man. The locks, Styles P, they, they, they got it in there. Nori, uh, he got it in a lot in there. He used to hang with these dudes called Murder Unit. These dudes was crazy. You know, they they had a lot of, I'll say, issues in there. I don't want to incriminate nobody. Right, no, you know, safe. but uh, uh, Smith & Wesson, Tech, he, yeah, boot camp, yeah, they had a lot of issues and fights and stuff in there. There's one time that uh, Capone and Noriega was performing, and Capone had a fur on, mm -hmm. and somebody threw a drink on his fur. And this fool jumps off the stage and jumps in there and starts fighting the dudes because they threw a drink on his fur. Did he fight with the fur on? Yeah. That's so respectable. <laughs> <laughs> they just see a dude wilding out in a fur. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, why would you wear fur in the tunnel? You know what's going to happen. You know. Some, and it's the hottest club ever. They never turned the AC on. Some, guy, some guys care a little bit more about style over, like, just logic sometimes. Because like, right. sometimes even when I watch shows and I see cats, like, rocking in a full leather bomber, it's like, right. either, A, you're dialing your performance way in or you're going to lose that jacket after the first song. Right. I, I even uh, I got footage of uh, Q-Tip performing in there. And he performed in a, in a chinchilla. And I'm like... This is the hottest club in America. This Why be, are you... This is Vibrant Thing Q-Tip, right? Yes, okay, yes, definitely. Now. Okay. And he performed that song actually that night. But, you know, after that, he came out of it and, you know, was up there in his tank top because he probably was about to pass out. But, uh, yeah, man, like, the tunnel was like, man, it's, if you missed that era, man, it's, it's a must that you go get the hip-hop nucleus on iTunes and Google Play because I have a lot of people that, that weren't probably even born at that time that feel like they went to the club by watching this documentary. You know, I have people tell me they was in tears, you know, because they seen their they younger self in there, you know, and it just bring back so much memories. Especially you know? when you look at how many people, you know, we've lost within the culture, even yeah, people who yeah. weren't necessarily in the forefront. Like, I'm a, I remember my man uh, Garnett Reed used to tell me stories yeah. about the tunnel all the time, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, ah, man, like, when you hear these stories and then you put it together with the visuals, yeah, you're right. You almost feel like you're there. And I, I just want to thank you and commend you for putting something together like this, man. Um, yeah, thanks. So, you know, all good things come to an end, they say. Yeah. Yes. So why did the tunnel cease to exist? Like, why did it stop being a thing? 
because too many people got hurt. Uh, a lot of people got killed. Mm. I remember I walked out one night after, I can't remember who show it was, and I walked up to 11th Avenue, and it was three, di- three guys laying in the street dead. Cops ain't even get there yet. It was some dude, they got in the shootout with some dudes, and these dudes was literally laying in the middle of the street, stopping traffic, dead. Like, and at that point, Giuliani was the mayor, and he he just, he the one that got it shut down. He's the one that actually got it shut down. Now, they actually did a tunnel reunion thing, right? Yeah, the last encore. Yeah, I did that with Adidas, and they got the actual building, and they had me walk them through and show them where it was what. And, and they built the stage and had Pusha T and designer perform. It was open ball all night. It, it was crazy. Did you see any of the regulars? Yeah, I bought a lot of the regulars. They came there. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Rob Love was there. DJ Clark Kent DJed. Uh, I had the, some of the tunnel security there. And even a fight even broke out. That night, and the total security dudes was running over to the fight. I'm like, yo, what are y'all doing? Y'all not working? <laughs> like, it's that muscle memory, yo, man. I, when you're I, used yo, to I it. Yo, I swear to God, man, it was so nostalgic that it may sound weird, but I was seeing like ghosts, like images of old stuff, like in there, like the energy, like it was, it just came back. Like it was the craziest feeling ever, man. If yo, they, if they can shoot. Like a movie about the tunnel As well as they shot the Titanic And you know like that scene in the end Where they're just going through the Titanic <laughs> hole, And you just see the ghost of old fights right. Cats and chinchilla furs fighting You you don't want to seem like the old guy Who's like oh man back in my day And like back when you know We were like you know in the culture But it's just it's it's so different now And like you know yeah. and, and, and things will never be what it was yesterday But right. Dash was special yeah, and when we did that last encore party and people look at the footage from it, they like, yo, them people in there, they wouldn't have survived in the tunnel because it's like the whole, you can look at the crowd, it's a totally different crowd. Like, it's not a, a gangster, a thug, or a, 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 a real hip-hop ad, you know, like that standing in that crowd, but these are the new generation people of hip-hop. You know what DNA I'm is different, man. Like I don't know if you read Double XL, right? Yeah, you see that new cover for the freshman? No, I was like, I was told, I was talking to my homie Noel. Uh, I was like, yo, like no one on this cover weighs more than 148 pounds. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like all these cats look like victims. Yo, oh my, they <laughs> like, would have never triple, survived. Tri- double, triple X, ten cent. I think he has a black eye tattooed around his eye, like you know, just because you know it's gonna happen. You know, right, like, right. And it's like, yo, it, you look at that cover and you like. They don't even look like hip-hop, dog. And I don't want to be so close-minded and be like, you have to look hip-hop. Because it's crazy. Because when you look at, like, De La Soul, did De La Soul look hip-hop at the time? They got criticized for being hippies. They're one of the most hip-hop groups out now still doing it. But it's just like, everybody looks like they came out of a machine. That's like, you know, like a cookie cutter. Like, hey, here's your skinny jeans H&M kit. Right. You know what I'm saying? You come out, whatever, like, random shirt. Yo, and, and, and somebody, I seen somebody leave a message Says like these look like the bastard children of the, uh, the of the weekend. <laughs> no, nah, there's something to that, man. Yo, I, but you know it, it, what it is is I'm gonna tell you what it is. They 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 changed the the powers that be changed the game. You know what I'm saying? Um, I remember you know because I used to work at BET. I used to produce Rap City. You know I, I did produ- uh, produce 
production on 106 in Park. I worked the Student Center, Black Carpet, all these shows, you know what I'm saying? BET now. And um, when I left BET, I went up there and it was somebody, an artist of mine, a friend of mine that wanted to get something played. And when I went up there, you know, uh, my fr a friend of mine, David Joseph, he was still there. He, he worked there when I was there, but he was still there. And um, when I brought the artist stuff, they stuff was more gangster music, you know what I'm saying, street music. And when I brought it to him, he was like, yo, Choke, man, yo, they won't let us play no more, no gangster music no more. They said they can't, we can't bring no, no street music in here no more. It's all uh, this type of music that they want. Like, they stopped it. They shut the door on it deliberately. They, they deliberately changed the way we saw the music. That was all designed. That was a design from the powers that be to shut the door on real hip-hop. You know, it seems like it, that happens a lot, though, because, like, you know, because there was a period in time where all you saw was gangster and hardcore and, right. all, and all, like, the you know, what would be considered now alternative got shut off. It's right. like, it's a weird-ass pendulum, it seems right. like, and it swings both ways, and, like, you know, it, like, what do you think it's going? I mean, you've been in this business long enough to, like, you know, see, like, a whole bunch of trends come and go. You know what it is? What it is is those people in the office, offices, mm -hmm. they got scared of us. You know what I'm saying? When you had the Dames, the Irvs, you know, the Jay Princes, the Suge Knights. Mm -hmm. These dudes were, you know, outside of Dame and Irv, but some of these dudes was real from the street. You know, Irv had Supreme in them around them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Dame had, you know, some, some street dudes around them. But when they know that they doing bad business, stuff like that you can't get away with in the streets. You know what I'm saying? So when you got dudes like Tretch coming up there and dumping a whole bunch of rats in the office or Cameron going up there breaking stuff up with a, with a bat, like these guys are from the street and y'all doing, you know, F business, stuff that you can't get away with in the street. So what they did was they designed it to push Keep all these people of out, of, out of the business. So now, you know, you got these dudes like, uh, uh, you know, Little Yachty and all these dudes, they not from the streets. You know what I'm saying? So they could take advantage of these, these kids without any repercussions. Right. Or less repercussions. You know what I'm saying? Because these dudes aren't built like us. You know what I'm saying? Like you, Tracy Towers, I'm from Eden Wall Projects. You know what I'm saying? If you do something to us and we know that you, you effing us over... At some point, we're not thinking business. Yeah, nah, you know, like, we we taking the street. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So what they did was they took all the streets out of the business, and now they they and opened the door to all these kids that are not a threat. So they changed the, the style of dress. They changed the style of music, and they told people like David Joseph, "Yo, you can't let these 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 type of music in." How am I bringing? music to you, I am hip-hop. Right. You know what I'm saying? Everybody knows choke, no joke. I'm hip-hop. Do you cut my vein right now? Hip-hop is going to splurt all over the place. You know what I'm saying? So how are you telling me I'm bringing you some music that I know is hip-hop? And you telling me you can't play it? It happens in radio, too. I get into like heated debates with people over like who's relevant, why we should interview certain people, 
you know, where the culture's going. And it's right. just like, you know, you'll either drive yourself mad trying to fight the machine or you'll just figure out another way to get your stories told. Right. That's why I started a podcast. Did you see that that uh, interview with uh, Joe Buttons and I think it's Yachty. Lil Yachty? Yeah. And he's yelling at him because he doesn't understand the business. And he's like, yo, dude, what are you talking about? Like, and I understood Joe Buttons' passion. Like, you working with Leo Cohen in them. They are raping you, shorty. Yeah. Like, you don't, these, are, these guys are going to get your managers and your lawyers from you, for you. They, they, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Understand what they doing. They're getting your manager and your lawyer for you. These, the lawyer and the manager are working with them. Even when you look to, at Young Thug's situation, like Young Thug is not really happy at all because like it's a lot of the same things at play and, and you, you, you're getting paper and you think it's happening, but like at the end of the day- They're you raping you. On the back end. They're raping these dudes. It was shocking though. Even with him getting raped, they say like he made like $13 million last year. Right. Lil Yachty did. And it's like, if he made $13 million- how much What did they he, make? How much did he, yeah, how much did he really make? Or how much did he make for them? Right. Because you know he's not getting the lion's share of it. No. No, we know this. And then now, then you got to think back then, artists was getting, they wasn't even getting a quarter off an album sale. You know what I'm saying? They getting pennies off of a penny. So imagine you getting pennies off of a penny, and then now you, getting a, you got a 360 deal? Mm-hmm. The 360 deal was designed because Jay-Z got smart and said, oh, yo, I'm going to make a, a, a clothing line. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to do, I'm going to get an endorsement. He's seeing people cutting checks for an endorsement deals. He's starting a liquor or a liquor company is sponsoring him. You get what I'm saying? So now these, Leo and them is watching, yo, they making money and, and they putting Aaliyah in the movie and they putting DMX in the movie and they, they getting two and three million dollars off of a movie and we not getting nothing off of that and, and we finance their career and we help them get started. So, they created this 360 deal. So, whatever you do outside of the music, we gonna eat off of that too. Oh, no, you, you're not entitled to none of that. Oh, every time you see like one of us win in the business, it seems like they figure out a way to make sure that that typical situation never happens again. Like, look at Master P. Master P was in a position where he didn't need nobody. Right. Same thing with Cash Money Records. They, they did too much too fast, even though Universal got a big chunk off, off of what they ended up eating. But, like, they 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 fixed the fight. So that type of situation could never happen again unless they was getting a chunk of that. And, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But these kids are young. They're so happy for the opportunity. They don't, they don't know a Wendy Day. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or somebody who can, like, talk to them about, hey, this is how the business really works. You should read this book. They just know they had a song on SoundCloud a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden... Now they they're a star. Yeah, and like you know, and then when you're getting some, when you're getting something or anything after coming from having nothing, right? It just seems like you're willing to accept it because it's better than what you were doing. Yesterday. Yeah, yeah, because like the dude little Yachty is like like he look like Joe Biden. Joe, calm down. Like, what are you getting so upset for? What is he upset for? Are you crazy? <laughs> but I think 30, 30 year old little Yachty will look at everything different. But thirty know? year old little Yachty is gonna be broke. Hope not. Because they they taking the bulk of his money now. Mm. You get what I'm saying? So when time he reached 30, he's not, I bet you they probably got his publishing. Like he don't know nothing. And then these kids now is talking about, I got a momager. Are you fucking stupid? Why is your mother managing you? She don't know nothing about this business. 
She didn't grind in this business. She don't go to the, out there in the parties in the clubs and have the relationships with these people. She didn't go through no trial and error. Why is your homeboy your manager? That's why the Gavin need to come back. Jack the Rapper sent them, you know, like not the ones where it's just by, hey, let's extort these people for money so we can give them a showcase, but where people are getting more and more information because, like, it's it's a lost start. Not everybody's picking up the books like they need to be. Yeah, back when we started, you know, everybody had the Kashif book like the Bible, you know, yeah. how to get started in the music business or, or whatever it was called. But I done read that book several times over. I didn't, I was uh, fortunate enough to work for Rockefeller. And document Dame's life, which made me feel like I went to a school. I just had a camera in my hand. I went to every meeting with him. You know what I'm saying? I watched him and Jay-Z build a company from, from nothing to a multi-million dollar company. I seen Dame go say, yo, I want to start a clothing line called Rockaway, Right? Biggs, he went to Jay, he went to Biggs. Yo, we gonna start a clothing line called Rockaway. Biggs said, yo, I ain't doing that. That's corny. All right. So it was just him and Jay was partners. $400 million a year. They was making $400 million a year. So Biggs didn't get a piece of He didn't get a dime. All he got was free clothes. So how did Jay end up with all of it if it was him and, and Dame? Because they, they, they bought uh, Dame out when they split. Okay. They, they gave Dame a check. And then, you know, Jace kept it for a little while, and then he sold it after that. Got you know it. what I'm saying? But when Dame had the idea, this fool went and bought a bunch of sewing machines and said, we're going to start a clothing line. He didn't know about tech packs and, and going to get designers and everything, but he still had the, the vision to know, yo, we wearing these people's clothes Jay put on somebody's clothes and a million people go buy it. We need to have our own. And turned around and made that into, yo, these dudes is making $400 million a year. I've I seen it with my own eyes. But you know what frustrates me about that? And like no one else does this in the fashion business. Like when it comes to urban designers, once we decide you're cold, we never loop back around. Tommy Hilfiger will have a hot and cold season. People will put it back on. Right. Has FUBU had a hot and a cold season? They went hot, cold, never to be hot again. Right. Same thing. And, and that frustrates me. You know what I'm but, saying? But it's the same thing. They, the same thing I told you that they did with the music, where they say, yo, we, yo, stop putting, you know, this type of music on. They did the same thing with urban fashion. They got the Macy's and, and, and the Berghoffs and all these other stores to stop putting our stuff in there, and then they change the sizes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this same shirt that I'm wearing now is, is a large on me. You know what I'm saying? But it might have been a medium back then. Right. Or, or an extra large. You know what I'm saying? This was an extra large. Now they just call it a large. You know what I'm saying? They just change the sizes and, and, and the designs and, and say, yo, stop bringing this, this, this urban stuff in, in the stores and giving us th those outlets and that co-op for us to which to shut us out the game because y'all making these urban dudes rich. Same thing with the music. Y'all making these gangsters rich. So all they did was shut the door on us again. So now you got these the designers, all of the other ones, everybody but urban, making money. You know what I'm saying? And then you got... When it comes to the music, and like you said with FUBU, our coach is stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you look at rock and roll, you know, these dudes, U2, 
and all these guys, they can still, still go on tour money. and make money. But in our coaches say, oh, once after you 30 in hip hop, yo, you old. Right. No, y'all stupid. Hip hop is not even that old. Yeah. It's 47. I seen Grandmaster Flash DJ in my park. I'm 46 years old. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's not old. Kane is still on tour. Killing. Exactly. Killing. So we we gotta lose that mentality that yo, when you get 40, you know, you you over the hill, you can't rap. Yo, hip hop is a young game. How can you say that? It's not even as old as rock yet. Y'all killing it now, with I, that mentality. I see people come to the shows, especially like, you know, when they do these like retro, you know, hip hop shows. People show up to those, but I wanna I wanna be in a in a, in a business where you could see public enemy drop an album today. Right. And it gets promoted and people care and they have the access just like they did in 90-something. Because, like, let's just say if LL Cool J drops an album tomorrow, right? Right. The mainstream hip-hop station is going to be like, LL Cool J is too old to be playing on the quote-unquote hip-hop station, even though he's like, you know, the cornerstone of which hip-hop was built on, right. whatevs. Then the old-school hip-hop station will be like, the new LL Cool J record is too new to be playing on the old-school station. So it puts you in this weird-ass limbo where you can't really get yeah. your music off. No one knows you're still making new music, and this doesn't happen in rock. But see, what what it, what people need to look at is Jay Z's uh, way of doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because when Jay Z drop an album, people still go get it, right? They do. But and this dude's 47 years old. He sets old. himself up though so smart. Like because he every- goes and gets in on, or he'll go on Drake record and murder him. Yeah. He'll go on Future Record and murder him. You know what I'm saying? Or he'll collaborate with them and when they hot and get on there and he sounds so good next to them that people forget his age. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then he'll throw his album out when after he jumped on about six remixes of everybody that's hot and you like, Jay is hot, he's all over. Then he dropped his album and people's not thinking about his age. Yeah, he makes sure the tub is right before he climbs you know in. And even when he tours, like he... He always aligns himself with somebody that's gonna make sure asses are in the seats. Right. Whether, you know, like, you know, he weathers the storm, man. We could do this for two hours, man. Yeah. Uh, but yo, listen, we need everybody to know that the documentary is called The, the Hip Hop Nucleus, The Tunnel. It's available on iTunes, it's available on Google Play. We doing hard copies? Uh, maybe later in the year. Let's get it popping, yeah. man. But in the meantime, be sure you buy it. Don't rent it. You're busy. Buy it. $12.99 HD. Go straight to your iTunes and go straight to your iPad. Thank you so much for doing what you did. Yeah, thanks and, for the and, opportunity, and thank man. Thank you for putting this, this nice little bubble around the culture so people could see what it was at one All point right. in time. And My thanks dude. for the information, man. One time for Choke No Joke, y'all. All right, y'all can hear me up on Choke No Joke uh, on Instagram, Real Choke No Joke. On Twitter, Choke underscore No underscore Joke. Uh, Twitter, Email me, chokenojoke at gmail.com. You can even call me, 646-926-3392. I'm not opposed to giving out my phone number, all right? One. That's what's up. Damn it is. We came, we saw, we conquered. Head Crack After Hours Podcast, Episode 3. Big shout out to my guest, Meek Mill, whose album Wins and Losses is in stores right now. Big shout out to Choke No Joke, whose documentary, The Hip Hop Nucleus, which is available in the iTunes store. Be sure you pick it up and support that. And uh, continue to support this. Subscribe and share with others, all right? And this episode of Head Crack After Hours has been brought to you by TheShirtOfTheMonth.com. You might not want to go out this weekend because you feel like you have nothing to wear. It's pretty fucked up. TheShirtOfTheMonth.com sends you brand new shirts every month. 
you pay a flat fee, the shirt comes straight to your door, you pick, you rock, you repeat, and you continue to look fresh. Well, in the meantime, in between time, that's it for me. We gonna catch you on the next lap. Hey, crack after hours. We ghost. <laughs> Oh, you got to.